So we've been down this road before with Philip Broberg a long, long time. Is is management slash ownership pass slap everybody, the people in charge, learning, or are we just witnessing another event where the Edmonton Oilers bleed out a talent before they know what he is? Yeah, uh, I have my deep concerns about that, uh, Alan, and it's uh, it's gone on for quite a long time, you know. I looked. I knew I had a key quote that I'd written a number of years ago. Uh, this was actually in 2019, and the quote is: "We want our younger players to develop more in American Hockey League. I think that we bring them up a bit too early in hopes that they're going to be ready when they're really, really close. I think we have to leave them down there until they're overripe." Now, who said that in 2019? I, I would. I my guess is Ken Holland. Yeah, it was actually Bob. Nicholson in January of 2019, right at the firing of Peter Shirelli, judging by this date, and uh, they were just going into the interim phase, and he brought in Ken Holland, to whom the term overripen has been attached, and I think probably already was, but uh, this is an organizational philosophy, and I'm not sure it's served them very well in recent years. It. What I always thought was you 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 wait until the player's ready and confident. And I've seen Broberg play in the AHL, and he looks good. He really does. He's always their best player. He gets power play time. But then he comes up here, and he doesn't play really at all. And we saw recently when Broberg was on for a goal against, and it was his partner, Cody Cece, uh, and I give credit to the coach. He, he gave him a really good uh, veteran right-handed partner, Abandoned the slot, ends up being an easy pass across for a goal. Broberg mm-hmm. sat for, I think, most of that period. I, I just, I like, look, I understand people are saying Broberg isn't all that, and maybe he isn't. But, man, I've seen this before from this organization, and it's a little old. Yeah, well, my recollection is that that happened about five minutes into Broberg got called up uh, when they did the uh, long-term injured reserve thing. They had to legalize his bones. And he played like seven minutes in one game. And then he played about five minutes, and that goal happened. And he never saw the ice again. And then he hasn't seen the ice since. They've gone 12-6 ever since then. And it was just like one mistake, boom, out of here. Uh, and uh, that seemed a bit harsh. But I've seen quite a few mistakes wind up in the back boys next year. And Phil Broberg didn't make most of them. Yeah, it's I I and I look at the team, Bruce, and I go, what do they need? Well, they need guys who are pushing the veterans so that like if Connor Brown is struggling, somebody can plug and play. So maybe they can go, you know, they can trade Broberg for a player who can help them do that. And I give them credit. They got coasting a year ago. They couldn't sign him. I understand that, too. But when you've got a guy, this isn't Yamamoto. This isn't Paul Yarby that you've already paid money to, and then they disappoint. This is a guy who's not going to make a lot of money. Uh, He's a value deal. And if they trade him and then somebody gets hurt in the top six the next day, it's going to look pretty bad. Yeah, well, you mentioned Yamamoto. Let's go back to uh, 2019-20 season. Paul was first when he signed which the lesser Grandland, Michael uh, Marcus, that signed for one year here at a little over a million dollars. And he ran through a bunch of veterans like that. And I think it was Grandland that was on the plane down to Bakersfield that Yamamoto took the return flight up to replace him. 
And as you'll recall, he came in the second half of the year on the dynamite line and uh, and it changed the team. But, you know, he made him sort of percolate in the minors, but just long enough, really. And he was ready to go when he came up. And whereas Broberg, he doesn't have a guy with a one-year contract that's gone at the end of the year in front of him. He has three left defensemen that are all signed to at least 2026. And they all got signed by Holland since the, he drafted Broberg. And so what's the plan? I don't understand it. Well, we were told when he was drafted that Broberg could play right side. Ken Holland oh, has yeah. said at, at length. He said, "Oh, you know, this this is a player we've got to. You know, he's got to play. We got to we got to get him in there." And mm-hmm. and like I like I don't I don't understand why why this is happening again and again and again. And I assume again it'll happen. And I like I I get it. I understand they have better options. But I think if you play a young player in October and November, he'll pay you back in March and April, Bruce. Well, I mean, you tell me, is Brett Kulak at two and three-quarter million dollars a better option than Philip Broberg at entry level? You know, it's like triple the pay. And, but the thing is, he's locked in there. And I, as from where I see, he's got no particular trade value, Brett Kulak. If you're a team interested in acquiring a defenseman, you say, well, Edmonton's third pairing has been getting blown up, and they want to trade off this guy that's got two points and minus eight, and uh, has uh, uh, two and three-quarter years left at two and three-quarter million. And I just don't see them being able to do that. I mean, that contract would have made a lot more sense to me at two years. And then there's sort of a position where you can see where Broberg is, is going to at least have his day. And now, I mean, where is it? And they, the 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 Otis slow-played Evan Bouchard. Remember that? They didn't play him. They didn't I play him. do. And 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 played fourteen games out of fifty six. Right, never played in the minors. So. Right, and that was the and I understand that was a wonky year, but it doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. the, the 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 idea that the Edmonton Oilers are developing players correctly, I think we can throw in the trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, here's another example: uh, Dylan Holloway. Last year, all the articles at the beginning of the season said, "Well, like, he either needs to be playing meaningful top nine minutes on the Oilers, or else he needs to be playing eighteen minutes a night in American Hockey League." And some people were hoping, sort of envisioning the upside, and other people were envisioning the downside. But what wound up happening was neither. He played 51 games basically on the fourth line at nine minutes a night. And then he got sent down. He scored a goal in the first period, in the second period, got injured in the third period, and that was the uh, the uh, Dylan Holloway hat trick that kind of messed up the rest of that season for him. But again, where was the plan? Yeah, it, it, it I, I don't. Like I, I would like to know if the AHL general manager and the AHL coach, and the NHL general manager and the NHL coach, are on the same plane with all of this because mm-hmm. it it just seems to me that that we're what we're looking at is another player who who sort of got lost in translation and uh-huh. and you know when I saw him in the American League, man, he could play and he comes up and he plays uh-huh. sparingly. They used to use that word sparingly. And then he, you know, he, he kind of rots because he's not playing. He gets, you know, rusty, I guess, is a better way of saying it. And, and what, what is bothersome is, you know, Broberg, the, the agent is now talking and the GM's talking and they're cross-talking. Mm-hmm. And we've got yep. another Pugliarvi level mess. But the idea yep. that this is going to be the last time it happens is a farce because it'll happen again, Bruce. 
Well, I mean, right now you have a situation where people legitimately ask, and Ken Holland says, well, I never gave him permission, and people legitimately ask, well, maybe he didn't ask Holland for his permission, maybe he asked Jeff Jackson, mm-hmm. the president of the CEO of Hockey Operations. Uh, and, of course, now we have another new level of, of uh, assistant coach slash special advisor to the owner in the mix. <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going on here? Is this about Daryl Cates, in your opinion? Is this about because it, you know, it starts at the top, Bruce? Well, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he has provided the money and he's made money too. Don't, you know, he's done well. Uh, but he's kept the team up to the top of the cap. And I think maybe in the long run that, that's hurt them in the sense they never seem to have any cap money in reserve. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, uh, but, I've heard different things about about Cates, and, and nothing that's sort of really on the record. But uh, uh, his overall record—I mean, he took over the team in was '08, right? And here we are. And I mean, obviously, the team the team's been getting closer. And uh, but uh, I'm not sure exactly even what the structure is at this moment, and what the plan is for young players. I know in the in the in the uh, and you say. Wait five years for the draft, and you're absolutely right. But Ken Holmes has been here almost five years, been here for five drafts. And all the players that were drafted in his time, uh, this year they played 30 games and they've got one point among the three of them. And that would be uh, Broberg, Lavoie, and Holland. And so, and other, team, other contending teams also have very few in the way young draft choices in there. So it's, you know, it's not. It's not cut and dry. I'm just not seeing the place where, uh, where the team is wide open for opportunity for these guys. And then, of course, you have Ekholm getting hurt in the captain's skate, and whatever plan they had to maybe try Broberg with him went out the window. And it just went straight downhill and sideways for Broberg since then. Sports 1440, this is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Bruce McCurdy and I bitching like old men at the side of the road right now when the car won't start. Um, <laughs> I flooded it again. Um, I told you not to. I said you were going to yes, flood it, and you did. did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and don't try to talk me out of it by saying Jupiter's up there. I can't see it anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a team that seems to be they got 2.56 uh, million in cap room they develop players they bring them up they play them they have young players pushing the old players carolina hurricanes they don't have mcdavid and they don't yeah. have dry but they've they've appeared to have uh, developed something that works yeah i remember seeing them in a preseason game here four or five years ago and they came in they absolutely beat the pants off the oilers had the one of their better teams playing. And it was Jordan Stahl and company just checking the holy hell out of them. And they had this young kid named Marty Natchez. And he'd just been drafted. You know, he hadn't shaved yet. And yet you could see the talent dripping off that guy. And I've been watching him for years and thinking, when's he coming? When's he coming? But they didn't panic. And they didn't, I don't think, push him too soon. Or at least, they, you know, they, 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 they gave him a variety of experiences. Let's put it that way. And now he's what twenty two or twenty three or whatever, and he's he's here. And why wouldn't you want to do that with Philip Broke? Getting back to our other subject. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it does make sense, right? You know. So mm-hmm. 
uh, uh, one question about the team, and then one question about Broberg, uh, and then we're going to let you go because uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to go walking and stuff. Um, oh, I'm done. <laughs> okay, so um, they've got 12 games this month, I believe. It's not an easy schedule, Bruce. How many points do you think the Oilers will get out of those 12 games? Give me a ballpark. Boy, it's a weird schedule, too, isn't it? Yep. Six home games and six road games, and that's the entire month of schedule. And the six road games are two trips, one to each coast with Christmas in between. Well, I think they, you know, they kind of got to go 15 points. You hope? Yeah, well, if you don't, you're probably losing ground. And here's the thing when the Oilers were uh, went on their break the team in eighth place was like 10 and 10 and it was like uh, you know true 500 was the team on the second wild card spot well since then you got Arizona winning a bunch of games St. Louis winning a bunch of games and all of a sudden that that spot like I wasn't too worried I think the Oilers will have games in hand that they that uh, at the end of the break and now they're going to have to win those games because those teams in those spots won their games and it's complicated. Yes, it really is. All right, so my final question is this. If they can make the money work and they traded Broberg for Clem Costin at two million times two years or a year and a whatever a half, what would Bruce McCurdy's article headline be in the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal? Oh, yeah. They, they'd have to retain half. Yeah. They would for for it to make any sense. And the Oilers have to say, "Well, you made the mistake paying two million. We think he's worth one million. And we're prepared to pay him that, but you're going to pay the other one." Uh, and so, I mean, you can make it work. Uh, man, I am so reluctant to just give up on a Swedish defenseman. I know my two favorite words. Who can uh, skate like the like wind, Bruce? Four and two hundred and twelve pounds, and skate like the wind. And he makes unbelievable athletic plays on the, on the pinches. I don't know if you've noticed the way yeah, he can no, support he himself no. to reach around guys and get a stick onto the puck and, and keep it in play. Uh, very useful skill on the Oilers. And he's very good at it on the right side. Not that uh, uh, the Oilers necessarily. I mean, if they're going to use him on the right side, why didn't they play him on the right side all the time down <laughs> in uh, Bakersfield? Right. I know. I, my my line, I, my hill to die on is Arthur Kaliev. If they can get him, fine. But you know, like I, what you know, what drives me crazy, and I guess you're not going because I'm still talking to you. So what drives me crazy is this: is that I can be critical of Ken Holland because of the draft. I had I had Broberg like 16th. I had lots of guys uh-huh. ahead of him. But once yep. it's done, it's done. He was drafted yeah, eighth yeah. overall. Right now, he's your guy. Now you need to develop uh-huh. him. So, like, if mm-hmm. if I'm Ken Holland, I go in and I go no. Like, I put my foot down and I go not trading him because uh-huh. you, you and play the guy. Like for crying out loud, this is not rocket science. And I don't mean seven people. I mean, give Kulak a rest for a couple of games and then maybe give DeHarnay a rest for a couple of games. It, or, this... don't, or don't sign a third-pairing defenseman to a four-year contract when you've got a young left-handed defenseman looking for a landing spot. Well, you know what? We sound like a we sound like a broken record, and you are. Yep. <laughs> Your Kulak train is off the rails, but I get it and I understand. 
Well, it's, he's, I mean, he's got, he built a brick wall three stories high with three long-term contracts <laughs> on those sides of contract. Like, that's, that's the part I can't get over the wall either. I do know there's barbed wire at the top of it, though. Man. Okay, well, we've, we've harangued and we've bullied and we've bitched. I guess we're done. Thanks, Bruce.